Welcome to a nice shift football podcast, red edition. It's a semi-final fortnight, not semi-final week. We're going around again. Um, Adelaide, at home to Central Coast. We were all pretty sceptical about it. Tommy and Cooper are here with me to go through it. Uh, a 2-1 loss in the end. We're still alive, just. Uh, do we have any hope of going through, Cooper? No. I'm actually gutted that we have Jesus to start up and play these blokes again. Fuck. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> All right, pod's over. Thanks for listening. Jeez. Optimistic Tommy? pod of the week. Yeah. My God. Tommy, um, no, we no, we're fucked. Yeah, all right. Fuck. Okay. Shut <laughs> it down. Well, this is fun. Um, how about we start where we usually do by going through this lineup and, uh, you know, what what do we make of it? Mm. Cooper? Um, did you like it? I was gutted to see the the omission of, of five-yard J, Tommy. Um. Oh, yeah, gone. interesting choice. Gone for well, gone for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. Um, yeah. so which is contrary to what they told us during the week. Well, yeah, I come out of he, thin he had air. a flu. He, um, he wasn't. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't training because he had the flu, which makes me really wonder where he picked up this hamstring injury if he wasn't training. He's slaying. That's what he was doing. I just yeah. Uh, but I did see the return of Zach Clough. Yeah, did did a few, you know, nice things, but things. end of the end of the day, we just we we were appalling going forwards, and you know, he was as much a part of it as the rest of them, I suppose. I think we look unbalanced when we've got Dishy, Louie, and Izzy. It, it uh, do we line up as a four one four one like they preempted it? No, no, we didn't. We lined up as as a four three three, and we did that thing again where we played Louis Dorigo as a box to box midfielder, which he is not. And he will not have success in this United midfield until the day that Isaias has retired and he can play in the position he needs to be played in. Yeah, good luck and easy to retire. This guy's going to play to 40 beyond, I'm sure of it. Mm, yeah, I think the more we've gone over that every week, I'm still so torn on Izzy. When he's on still, he he is crucial to this team, but he's those games are becoming less less frequent, I guess. Mm, a little bit few and far between, especially in the big games. Like he is so good when he's playing against two midfielders, uh, like against a side that are in the bottom six and don't pressure him very much. But yeah. in this, where the Mariners have four on you all the time in that area where he's trying to play balls, he does look suspect. Oh, every single time we've played the Mariners this season, Josh Nisbet has just run rings around him. He's just too isn't mobile, he, too quick. Just... Isn't he good, Josh Nisbet, though? Like, he's great. Yeah, For such a, a guy short of stature, he's one of those that probably passed over as a youth, told you never make it. He's been brilliant. And, you know, the Mariners have beaten us 10-2 over three games now, and he has been instrumental in all of those results. Yeah, we got, we got the centre-back combo that we've been asking for again. It looks like that's the consistency Carl's going for in finals with Ansel and Warland. And uh, I'm sure no one's shocked here. I thought Ansel was decent, and I thought Ben Warland was lost every single time the oh. ball within five metres of him. Within oh, my metres. God. That's why he needs five-yard J to cover his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much I love Ryan Kiddo being on the same side as Ben Warland in a back four because... You know, Ryan as an as an overlapping attacking fullback is fantastic, but and his on ball defending is good, but there's still times where he just gets caught out of position a little bit. And Ben Warland isn't good enough to cover that. No. It's time to unleash Ben as a right fullback. Halloran. Yep. This is it. <laughs> Going into the second game, 
this is it. We need Halloran at right back, Irin Kondor at right wing. And could you imagine the bust-ups the two would get into over that 90 minutes? It would be box office. I'm just going to double down on what I said last week, that if we do inevitably lose this game to the Mariners in Gosford on Saturday, it better be the last time I ever see Ben Halloran put a red shirt on in this league. Whoa. I'm that... That sounds really mean. I'm just so sick of watching him. He's just... It's so contrary to what people on Twitter say as well. Like, there's such a huge Halloran fan base online. There is, Some saying that he was better than Goodwin in this game. Or even asking, why does Goody not receive the same kind of flack that Halloran received after a a mid-game? I'll just just front on this, on why you've said it there. Craig Goodwin was shocking in this game. He was really, really bad. We don't do that. Careful. We don't do this. I just wanted to point out that we got the penalty. Thank you. He put it away. You know, we expect that of Craig. That was two minutes into the game. I don't think we looked like scoring once after those two minutes. Um, something that doesn't really reflect that statement is that we had 10 corners to the Mariners two. I think Goody beat the first man about three times. And every time he did, we didn't look like scoring once. His corners mm. do frequently. Mm. Uh, they're a bit of a cause of frustration, um, but you just... If it was anyone else doing that again and again, <laughs> we'd be losing our shit. But there's a lot more leeway with Craig, obviously. Um, he's the best player in the competition in my eyes. But when you say shocking, Coop, like, do you mean not finding passes, not making just the right nothing. runs? And, and, you know, and I think it's reflective of of everyone on the pitch. Like I said before, we were, we were very poor going forward in this game. And I don't think there's one guy in that front four or five that necessarily played a better game than the other. I think it's just reflective of it. once again just being absolutely overrun by this um this Mariners midfield of Nisbet and Kololo, Severa, Ballard, you know. Um Cummings and Tulio doing that thing they do really well, linking up together, getting in those pockets of space. Um and they just overrun us and there's not a lot we can do. And then I guess once Goody is isolated in a, like a front, like a very forward wing position. Uh, it's it's tough to get. I'm not making excuses for him. He needs to find a way to get involved, but or Carl mm. needs to find a way to get him involved as well. That's um, what it is. But yeah, it's it's super frustrating. But I, I, I don't know if you um you wanted to go goals first, Sam or not. But I did when we go for it. Discuss lineup or wherever we are. I wanted to talk about the substitutions that Carl made in this game. Go for it. Um, oh, our favorite topics. Something. Well, this was something we'd never seen before, and I don't know whether to give him a bunch of slack because it didn't work or, you know, be a little bit impressed that he actually tried something different. But what he did with these substitutes on Saturday night is something that if you sat down and looked at this lineup before the game and went through every possible thing that Kyle could do with his substitutions, it it wouldn't matter if you sat there for 10 hours, you would not have guessed what he was going to do. Hiroshi came off injured 55 minutes in, Nesta came on, went, went out to the right and Halloran went up front. Like we've seen many a times, uh, 70 minutes in, Zach Cloth comes off for George Blackwood, who then takes the spot up front and Ben Halloran drops into the 10. But then in the 84th minute, Ben Halloran comes off for Panache Madania. George Blackwood drops into the 10 and we go to two strikers with Nestori Irankunda and Panache Madania playing as a strike force up front together for the last, with eight minutes stoppage time for the last 15 minutes of this game. And it was a fucking <laughs> Look, basket. I don't... Game. Look, I don't hate the attempt to uh, mix up the shape 
and things like that. Um, maybe just try something different against this Mariners side because nothing has worked. But uh, what, like Madania, why has he suddenly in the last few weeks been an attacking inclusion for us late in the game? I, I, I don't can't... know when Ethan's on the bench or you know. Uh, well, we've what's... got we've got we've got no Johnny Yule. Luca is missing for whatever reason. Again, no one knows. Um, we are deadly short of attacking options. I just what what I couldn't understand is we all know and everyone that watched him knows that Nesta's most effective when he's in open space and he can run and he can drive at defenders. So why when we, you know, went this attacking and it looked like we were chasing a goal and we put both of them up front. I thought, you know, maybe they're going to stay on the last defender and we're just going to punt balls over the top and let them run on it. And we didn't do it. We passed into the feet of George Blackwood, who passed into the feet of the two strikers. And just Nesta, Nesta looked like a different player surrounded by a crowd. And, and that's because he is. He's yeah. not a guy that's supposed to get the ball with his back to goal and turn into three defenders. He's not that player. He's also so why, a child. Why do it? Mm. There is that. Yeah. There's yeah. more. There's, there should be more on the shoulders of Blackwood in that situation. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna give him the role as the ten, I think he has to be feeding the wingers a little bit more than just playing into the front two in that situation. Or, you know, you have to be able to have a guy that's gonna play the point that opens the space up that allows Nesta to to exploit or get the fullbacks involved or just just something different to what we're so, so used to seeing against the Mariners. And I do the same thing. I don't want to run the mill down on Jacob Farrell because I think he's a good player with a lot of, a good Australian player with a lot of, you know, young, a lot of potential. But I am dead sick of seeing 10 million articles on Keep Up and from the media this week about how Nick Montgomery brought him on when Nesta came on the pitch and he shut him down. Nestor Irankunda for 30 minutes of this game absolutely terrorised Jacob Farrell. And if Brian Kautak wasn't standing behind him, it was a completely different story. Brian Kautak was <laughs> phenomenal in this game. And he is, it... he is so quick. And he'd been out there for 60 minutes before Nesta came on and he kept up with him at every single mm. scenario. But there was not one time in this game where Nesta didn't just put the ball past Jacob Farrell, burn him for pace and take him out of the equation completely. It was funny. I saw five different articles, the same thing, and they all highlighted the one time Jacob Farrell beat him one-on-one. And they were like, look at this. Look at the fullback beating the nation's young starlet. And you're like, fuck off, man. Just because we have a guy this good at 17 years old that every manager, every team we play against, they have to sub their fullbacks to negate his ability doesn't mean they have done the job to negate him. I mean, he was on for, what, five minutes? And he he throws that incredible header in that Vukovic does well to save. Not A good Craig Goodwin cross, we should point out. Um, that. It's 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 almost like the retribution to the fact that he's so good that people try and look for reasons that he's not very good and they just they give undulated praise on people that it doesn't deserve. I'm with you, Jacob Farrell's a great footballer and he's only gonna get better. But yeah, to say that he did a job on him, like I saw Joey Lynch on ESPN do all the keep ups, everything like that, it's like that doesn't reflect the stats, it doesn't reflect what everyone saw. Yeah, um, I mean, Brian Kautak in this game had, there's a, I can't, don't kill me, seven or nine, one or the other, more clearances than any other defender on the pitch in this game. Mm-hmm. He was just a brick wall and he just gave us so many issues. He was the first head away on every single corner. He pocketed Ibasuki in the air. And when Nesta came on, there wasn't one time that he beat him for pace. 
his partnership with Triantis is the best centre-back partnership in the league, and it's something that we could only dream of at Adelaide. I want to move it on to, because uh, we're going to talk about the other game, I think, just briefly as well, but I want to move it on to just looking to this Saturday. Uh, second leg away. Uh, there is that little, tiny, little glimmer of hope, just purely based on the scoreboard at the moment being only a one-goal deficit. I don't know how we attack this. Do we try to mix it up and do something different? Do we set up with the same shape? What's the go? Mm, no Hiroshi throws a spanner in the works. Don't yeah, think it's um, a horrible thing to have happened. No, you changed something. Um, if you're Calvert, you've got to go back to the drawing board and go, we're now 10-2 down on aggregate to this side this season. I, I tried the same thing against them twice. The media asked whether I was going to back in my in my tactics and my formation and my players and go the same. And I said, yes, and I didn't, and it didn't work again. You know, now it's, it's time that we, we try something different, you know, one last, one last roll of the dice. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But I think everyone in their right mind knows that if we go in with that four, three, three in the same lineup that we have every single time we've played these guys this season, that, you know, the Mariners are going to be in a grand final in Sydney in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You gotta you gotta play three five two now, don't you? I think that's the only way to negate the Mariners. The way that they press with the front four, I think you gotta have Ansel Wall and Popovich, um, Yavi Kiddo playing wing back, and then have the two midfielders. Maybe not Isaias. Maybe it's Louis and Ethan's time. Maybe this is it. This is the gamble that you need to take. A more mobile midfield that are gonna track. They're both gonna play eights. They're both gonna play sixes. Yeah. Um. For me, it's more of a you play Ben Haller and Central because you have no Ibasuki. We don't know where Luca is. I, I think you back the experience of Ben Haller and put him in the middle and go, you know, you haven't had your best year. If there's a time to stand up and do something, it's now. And you start Nestor on the right. And there's a lot of talk mm. about, you know, what if we're what if we're chasing the game at 60 minutes? What do we do? The you know, it's on the fence, but I'm gonna say the beauty of this situation and it being a second leg is if we're chasing this game after 60 minutes, then it's probably over already. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Because there's no point the only luxury you have with Nesta on the bench is if you're winning and then he's got the space to exploit. Well I don't I don't for me I don't see a scenario in this game where we don't concede anywhere between one and three goals. So if we're to, <laughs> to win this fixture it's gonna be and outscore the Mariners' job. So, you know, make an attempt at putting the score on the board early and see what happens. But it's time to roll the dice. I think if we were to, you know, given how the season's gone, the ups and downs, um, I wouldn't be... I'm not going to be too upset about going out to this Mariners team because they are they are deserving of their place. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot in those last the last few weeks of the season. Um, and I think if we go out this week, I'm not going to be too upset about it unless unless Carl sends them out doing the exact same thing we've already done. And then I'm going to be pretty pissed about it, more so at him than the team. Because um, we know by this point, you know what each player is kind of capable of at the moment. Um, you know what they're giving you. We know Halloran's probably going to give us fuck all again. So at this point, it becomes one of those things where it's, it's beyond it being Halloran's fault. It's the coaches who keep picking him. Um, things like that. If we if we go out the exact same way we have been, I'll be pretty annoyed to go out. But 
We'll see what the happens. Second, the second leg is just screaming for Blackwood to be up front, Dishy to be in behind, yeah. Izzy Dorigo midfield. It's just it's just the same, the same as same as always. Yeah, yeah. It's got a I'm not expecting a, a whole lot different, but we'll wait and see. I'll give the benefit of the doubt for now. I'm predicting a three-one Mariners win. Yeah, I'm on the board. Um, Which I was, is a five-two aggregate. Yeah, I was on the page of three-one Mariners win as well when I was writing some stuff down earlier. So I'll go with you as well. Three-one Mariners. Sweet. Tommy, uh, let's go Adelaide 3-1 because I am forever the optimist. Cool. I like it. Um, do you want to quickly talk about Sydney and Melbourne City? Because it was a cracking semi-final, the Friday night game, the one-all draw. Um, Lafondre with a goal, Matt Leckie with a goal. Uh, I honestly, I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought City were a little bit lucky to maybe come away with a draw here. Yeah, a few, few, disallowed, few disallowed goals for Sydney. I mean, marginal with Mac being offside early. And then marginal with, I believe it was Grant being offside late that played the ball cross or receive. I just thought they Sydney looked the more dangerous team. City for all the ball they had weren't they didn't look too troubling, and I uh, thought Jamie McLaren for the most part was a passenger in this game. Isn't he always in these kind of fixtures though? But I think you talk so- talk about flat track bullies, man. Fucking hell. Well, sometimes I wonder whether. McLaren doesn't stand up in these games because it's it's a bit of a Melbourne City don't stand up in these games situation because McLaren is that typical City football group striker that it's becoming now where he's you know a proper number nine and he gets himself in the perfect position to finish yeah. off a move but he's never involved in them and City continuously get themselves in these games and and don't create like they scored one goal in this game and it was a Matthew Leckie header off a free kick it's really the last thing the last way that you expect Melbourne City to score a goal. Uh, they dominated possession, but, you know, for less shots, for less shots on target, just, uh, yeah, I agree with Sam. I think, you know, potentially not Melbourne City necessarily lucky. It might have, the game might have had a bit more balance to it than than it reads on paper, but Sydney the better team, and I don't think City would want to sit off and let them let them do what they did in this game in the return fixture. I'd, I'd almost say Sydney have the better starting 11 against this City side. I think this this City side, for all of their glory and all of the titles that they've won, I still don't think they've assembled a team that are invincible or a team that could command themselves as like a dynasty side. I think there's too many transient players in this. Van der Van, yeah. one week is a world beater, one week doesn't want to rock up. Val and Barisha, I'm still not convinced whatsoever that he is a city kind of player or a championship player. Baron Gurr has not been the same guy since he's come back from injury. And then you are, you're relying on Leckie and Tilio and McLaren to do the business. And if they don't do it, they're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking at that, you know, the way Sydney line up with like Joel King, Ryan Grant. So what you like about Ryan Grant, I know we, we don't, we despise him, but um, Mainly for as, a, as a socceroo, but he's, you know, he's an experienced footballer out there. Um, Wilkinson again, Rodwell at the back. They got a midfield of Luke Bratton and Paolo Retre. You know, um, they I think they get a bit weaker going forward. Caceres, I don't know if right wing is his best position these days. But Robert Max coming along, Lafondra, we know what he can do. Uh, Max Burgess is definitely a weak link in there. But you oh, know, I don't mind Maxi. I think Maxi's pretty good. I'll yeah, take him I, don't, Adelaide. I don't. I, I was about to say, I think Not a fan. Max Burgess will be. Potentially top three, definitely top five in their club best and fairest this season. He's had a pretty good year. Gee whiz. That's grim. That's grim. <laughs> and on Caceres as well, he plays that really nice inverted uh, right winger role that Pochettino loves. I think you saw it best when Ericsson played for Spurs. He comes inside, picks up the ball, 
it links up nicely between uh, the attacking midfield and the striker. I reckon they're pretty well balanced, Sydney, and they're, yeah, they've they're got the team at the right time. They've yeah. just uh, their time on the run. They've got momentum on their mm. side, and I fucking hate it. Um, yeah. Two two <laughs> points I wanted to make about this game. Um, first one, Tom, you said that Triantis and Kowtak was the best centre back partnership in our league, and it has been season long this season. But I think Wilkinson and Rodwell have been phenomenal since Rodwell came back from indus- uh, sorry from injury, dropped out of the midfield and, and into that centre back role. They've just composed this team so nicely, and they're two centre backs that. One thing Adelaide would die for is they can both play the ball out of the back so calmly and so so confidently. And so they just don't ever look. I don't think in the last 10 weeks of this season, I've seen a time where Sydney have looked flustered in a game. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing to have going for you in finals. That's um, it. If Adelaide are going to win the league, we need to find an elderly midfielder from the Premier League and convert him into a centre-back. I wonder what James Ward-Prowse is doing next season. <sighs> That's brilliant. I love it. Where's Harry Maguire going? Let's. Oh, no, wait. That doesn't work. Um... My, my other point on this game, um, we won't discuss the retake because Tom and I are going to sit here with our tinfoil hats and we're going to be <laughs> talking about a decision that was a correct decision all night just because we don't want Sydney in a Sydney-based grand final. It's not a correct decision if it's never called. What, that makes what it I, incorrect. What I'm I still wanna... waiting for your evidence. It's never called. It's never called. Can you show me where it is called? You show me. You show me where it hasn't been. No, you have to show me where it is called. Why? That's what this is. Because I'm alleging that it's never called. That's how arguments work. You have to show me so. where it is called. No, where the I can't player. Prove it. I can't prove a negative. The player who's encroached in the box is the one that clears it. How often does that happen? When you can think of one heaps. off the top of your head, can you? Happens heaps. It's happened heaps. Well, if it's happened heaps, you should be able to find me one. You should be able to find one on the opposite. I can't because it doesn't hasn't happened. <laughs> I can show you one right there. It got called. <laughs> yeah, but it's that's my that point. It that's cold. my point. Uh, my my point on this penalty is what I want to know is why did Anthony Caceres take this penalty in the first place? When Adam oh, Lafondra, when Adam Lafondra is the guy that steps up and takes the penalties for Sydney every time he's on the pitch, and after Caceres missed picked the ball up and dispatched it and never looked like missing, took a proper penalty. I just don't understand why he didn't take it in the first place. I, I could be wrong. I don't watch much Sydney, but I have no recollection of seeing Anthony Caceres take a penalty for them before. It was same side too. He mentioned this in the post game. Um, and he said that Caceres um, had said something in training a month ago or something that he wanted to take the penalties. And so ALF was, and he wasn't starting at the time either. And so I think it just became assumed that he was the number one penalty taker. And given that he started this game, the same rules applied that Caceres got the first goal at it. Cool. But I, I'm like I'm like you. I would I would have ALF taken every time. You want your number nine taking it, unless it's Bamford, in which case you want to ship that shit out. Yeah. All right. Are we happy to leave it there? We're done. Yep. You got anything I else? Guess. On, I'm, uh... I'm not. I'm not happy about it. I mean, Cooper nah, didn't I'm not happy about on Joe Gauchi. I think at the moment I'd be okay with Central Coast winning the whole lot. Um, fuck Sydney. Could you fuck imagine Sydney. two New so. South Wales sides in the grand final? Though is this? I it's hope not. Of, it's whoever, wet dream. Whoever wins the semi final on Saturday night better win the grand final. Otherwise, I'm going to be a miserable bastard talking about A League for the next six months. I just want to see bulk empty seats. At the grand good thing final. We don't... That's what will make me happy. It, it's a good thing we don't have to talk about the A-League for six months because they won't be back until fucking December. Yeah. Wow. Scenes. All right. 
Let's wrap it there. We'll see how the Reds go. Fingers crossed, but I don't have high hopes. Should we do a watch-along, Sam? We'll do a watch-along at home for the Mariners-Adelaide game. No. I like it. You you like it, do you? I like it. I think it'd be fun to see the the disappointment. If you find me a penalty from the A-League this season that was saved (laughs) and the player encroaching cleared the ball and it wasn't Mm -hmm. retaken, if you can find one, uh, we'll do a watch-along. Game on. All All right. right. Here we go. You've got a few days. Sort it out. All right. The problem is there's nowhere to see all okay. games. All right. Find it. See you guys. <laughs>